1: Hello and welcome to the Situation Report. Very glad to have you with me today and uh, really looking forward to this episode and the other episodes this week. We've got a special treat for you. Last week, we had the opportunity to go to CPAC, which I'm sure most of you are familiar with. It is the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC, and that's held in uh, this year in Orlando, Florida. That is, I think, the largest gathering of conservative media and politicians anywhere in the country every year. Uh, President Trump spoke, uh, Trump Jr., I was going to say President Trump Jr., not not to get ahead of ourselves, Trump Jr. spoke there as well. So big headliners, a lot of other folks. It was a great conference, and we were there. And while we were there, we had the opportunity to meet so many wonderful people. Uh, I'll tell you this, if you have been convinced that the conservative party is made up of a very specific, very narrow demographic, you have been convinced wrongly, if wrongly is a word, uh, the number of folks, young, old, and everything in between, uh, every ethnicity, every really financial background and status, Uh, the conservative party as it is, uh, really it'd be the Republican party, I guess, but the conservative movement represents every segment of our society. And I sat at a table for two days and watched uh, people from all over the country, from all walks of life, walked past, and it was awesome. Interviewed some incredible people running for office that, again, come from every conceivable background. An amazing, amazing time. We also had the opportunity to Uh, interview some great guests, uh, guests you'll know, like Sebastian Gorka. Uh, Sean Spicer was one of our guests. I really enjoyed interviewing Kevin Sorbo, someone that uh, I've been following my whole life just about, and uh, it's awesome. So we want to share those interviews with you. So what you're going to get over the next couple of days are shorter interviews, but you'll be exposed to some incredible, incredible people. And uh, I trust that that will be an encouragement to you as it was to me. All right, let's jump in. I'm honored to have a few minutes to talk to Kevin Sorbo, and uh, man, you meet people in person that you've been looking up to for a long time, and here you are, sitting next to me, and I really appreciate you taking a minute to talk to us. My pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, Our audience will know who you are, Uh, but one of the topics that we discuss regularly, and kind of our tagline for our show, The Situation Report, is giving people the information and perspectives they need to navigate an ever-changing culture, Hmm. and we know that culture is constantly changing. Uh, We approach many of these issues from a faith perspective or faith position, understanding you have to have the right foundation and the right worldview to be able to make the right decisions. And then for someone like me who grew up in a conservative Christian home, I look to someone like you and I sometimes ask, how has he done it for so long? As a Christian in Hollywood, as a Christian in the media, how does that work? Can you kind of give a lay of the land, if you will, or... What's the landscape well, like for a Christian? You and your wife both, are very <laughs> strong and outspoken in, in that world.
2: Well, I, I think uh, number one, being a conservative in Hollywood is bad enough, but if you're a Christian conservative, <laughs> it's like being a double leopard right, in right, Hollywood. Sure. Um, I became, I started getting vocal. I was, I'd never backed down, I never hid from my faith or being a conservative or anything. And people said something on the set. I would, well, why? Do you, what do you mean by that? You know, or how is What do you mean is a Nazi? How is he a Nazi? You know, yeah, right. Right. All these. Sure. these, these yeah, they right. love their labels. Yeah, right. You know. I love the labels. I love, you're homophobe. How am I homophobe? <laughs> I've been in Hollywood 35 years. I work with gay people all the time. You yeah. won't find one that said I was a horrible person. Yeah. You won't. Yeah. But they love their labels, right? Sure. Anyway, Andrew Breitbart's the one who said politics wins downstream from culture. Who runs the culture? Hollywood does. Yeah. How does Hollywood put out there? What have they been putting out there since the 60s? Yep. Because up until 1960, every movie was basically a G or PG. They didn't have a rating system then. Vietnam War, Love, uh, Welfare Reform, um, all this stuff. 60s changed a lot of things. And um, I think that Walt Disney said in the 50s, movies and television will influence you. I think you see that being played out in the streets today. Exactly right. So I wanted to start doing movies that had more of a positive impact instead of a negative one. Yep. and even with Hercules Hercules always had good moral messages right. it was a universal right. show right. and uh, Sam Raimi Rob Tappert were the helms of this thing and they always put in good moral messages which was great you don't have that in TV nowadays everything is filled with violence and hate and sex it's very dark and, yeah and, dark, and dark. dark it's evil yeah. and yeah. satanic and, and otherworldly yep. it's it's weird to me I mean I like I fell in love with movie making and television because I could relate to maybe one of the characters in that movie or that TV show. Yeah. Or I knew people liked that person. Yeah. So that's why I wanna do movies like God's Not Dead and What If and yep. Let There Be Light yep. and Soul Surfer. And that's why I keep doing movies like that, because I wanna put out there the the, the counterculture that Hollywood yeah. is doing. And we gotta do it on independent movies, you know, on a $3 million budget. Right. That's catering on Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean.
1: And that's <laughs> and what's crazy to watch some of those movies that you just mentioned is yeah. they're done really well. Yeah. And I think this is where faith based films have fallen sure. short historically. Sure. They've got a great message. But it's really not a great movie, and some of those have really bridged the gap for
2: sure. Some have done very well. I think it's getting better and better because you're getting more and more people get in the business. More and more people want to work. More and more people are getting not letting fear control their lives either. Right. I, I just directed a movie up in Canada that I started. I worked with some other actors in it that are conservative, but they haven't come out of that conservative yeah, closet. Right, right. And they thank me for being a strong voice for them. And I look at them and go, Why don't you do it? And I go, Well, I got a good career going. And I get it. My yeah. agent and manager called me in. A dozen years ago, said we can't work with it anymore. And I went, but you're the ones that scream for tolerance. Yeah, right. You're the ones that say freedom of speech, but it's all a one but way street. Speech, no, right? but not yeah. your speech. Yeah. And so it's, it's just sad. It's sad what the, what's happened wow. in this world. I'm going to keep fighting the good fight. I've been very, I, even though I got booted out I've shot 70 movies to date, I'm counting. And uh, I'd say 60 of them um, were pretty much on my own. There's a dozen of that stuff and I wish I didn't do, but you, <laughs> you never know they're going to suck like that. Yeah, sure. But, um, you know, I'm staying busy. I got four great movies coming out that I shot last year. I got three lined up this year.
1: Wonderful.
2: And I'm just staying busy. What's the
1: next thing coming out that you're the most excited about that you want
2: I'm, people to watch out before? I'm uh, I'm excited to be in this World War II movie written by Dan Gordon. And it's a true story called Irina's Vow. Yeah, it was sure. a play on Broadway. It's a smaller version of Lu's List about a woman that was held sort of as a as a maid for a high-ranking German officer. In the meantime, she had a family of a dozen Jews living in the cellar, and she had to figure out a way to wow. get them out. Wow. And it's a wonderful heart-wrenching story, but it's got, it's got that redemption and hope in it that we yeah. all need in this world. Um, I got the Reagan movie coming out that I started with Dennis Quaid. Oh, wow. We shot that already. That's yeah. going to come out in November, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I play his pastor in it. I got a wonderful movie I just finished directing called Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist based on Left Behind books, yep, sure. which is sort of full circle <laughs> for me because my first faith-based movie was back in 2010 that I shot with Chrissy Swanson and John Ratzenberger yep. called What If, and okay. Dallas Jenkins directed it. No kidding. And now he's doing The Chosen. No kidding, yeah, right. So, and his father, Jerry Jenkins, did the Left yep. Behind books. Yep. So, I just, had, I just had, I was in Dallas about a month ago speaking at an event in Dallas and I got together for lunch, and I said, when are you going to put me in a Chosen? He goes, "He was going to look like from the Middle East? I said, I can play a Roman soldier. Right, I can do it. I <laughs> you know? can do it. And then he gave me the, I'm, I hope he sees it. He gave me that, you're too recognizable, and I started laughing. And I said, wow, well, every time I go to a Brad Pitt movie, I don't know it's Brad until I see the credits at the end of the movie. <laughs> that was Brad Pitt? I had no idea. It'll be the same. <laughs> it was yeah, that's shocking awesome.
1: to me. Um, we're here at CPAC. So if there was one message maybe that you could give to others in the mm-hmm. industry or those who are coming up in the industry. It's great to see schools like Liberty University you have a big film program yeah. and there are a lot of Christian kids who are coming up and learning how to do this Speaking now. Speaking of
2: Dan Gordon who yep. wrote Irena's Vow yep. he also wrote um, Miracle in East Texas which is coming out next year <laughs> that I directed last year. Dan was the one who helped fund that that uh, film oh, school at Liberty. It's named after his son. And it's so important that we have yeah. that.
1: We've, we've so often given creativity away to those who are anti-God, which would be anti-creativity in my mind. Of course. But what would your message be to those who are coming up? To stay the course, to keep doing that, to get out? What would, what would um, you say to them? I it?
2: would say don't let anyone set your limitations. Don't be afraid to stick your neck out. Don't be afraid to speak the truth. Don't be afraid to lose friends. Because if you lose friends because of your opinion, they weren't your friends to begin with. Yeah. Because I don't understand this. Going on. I don't have the hatred towards Hollywood that they have towards a guy like me I don't I don't have the hatred of somebody not, you know if you're liberal if you're yep. if you're uh, an atheist why can't we have a conversation about that's it right. it's really weird but that that whole side is you know they're the ones that all oh, work for love no they're not they love hate they love death they're, yep. the, they're the life of they're, they're the party of, of, of pro murder and that's what I'm a pro-life speaker so yep. Um, you know, we've slaughtered 65 million plus babies in their womb over the last, you know, 50 years. And uh, to me, it's like, why can't we have a conversation about this instead of having the anger? Because speaking of that, when you have the pro-life people marching, on, marching down in Washington, nothing but hate and screaming. Yep. And just yep. when the pro-life people show up, it's like kumbaya. Yep. You know? yep. It's a, it's a yep. whole different thing. Right. And you think, can't you guys, you know, every. I think it's more anger that they love than anything else. And that's, that's sad to fueling me. our, it's sad, our that's culture sad. Right
1: now. Yeah, very good. Well, thank you. I appreciate you right. stopping by. My pleasure. Thanks for doing it.
2: All right, SorboStudios.com. There.
1: there it is. Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He created the Giza Dream bedsheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for you and me. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. Sale of the year. That means it's not going to happen again. This is the sale of the year. What is it? For a limited time, you will receive 60% off the Giza Dream Sheets that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. You will receive a set for as low as $39.99. For a limited time, with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use promo code SITREP. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. Along with this offer, you will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. For those of you that would rather use the phone, and some of you are out there, you know who you are, call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or MyPillow.com and use the promo code SITREP. My guest today is Carla Sands, and uh, Carla, you've done a lot of different things. You were on President Trump's Economic Council, uh, Ambassador to Denmark, and now you're running for U.S. Senate. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and I always ask this question of folks running for office because I feel like being a politician is probably the worst possible career choice a person could make. (laughs) I'm happy people do it. I just can't imagine it. Um, So your background and then how you got into what you're doing now and why you're running for Senate.
3: Okay, thanks so much. Yes, ma'am. Jeremy. Yes. Uh, and hello to your yeah. listeners. I First of all, my Pennsylvania ancestors fought in the American Revolution uh, yep. and in the Civil War. Yeah. And I really believe this is our time to fight for the heart and soul of our great nation because the left is relentless and they're taking it every day. And so many of our elected leaders are compromising and right. they're not fighting for us. Right. And um, I'm just to set the table also for your listeners I am a yes. pro life. Yeah. Pro First Amendment, yes. pro Second Amendment, constitutional conservative, also an America First conservative, businesswoman and mom. And that's how I'd like to frame all of my comments today. But the reason I'm running is I had raised, have raised so much money and helped so many people get elected to the Senate, the Congress, uh, to the White House, governors. So many of them aren't fighting for us, for, for our constitutional freedoms for the rule of law and i the, the the left is they've taken our schools our higher education our media the left is now trying to take our military and our police it's time for the righteous americans to stand up and say no more not on our watch we're done we're taking it back it's time for the left to compromise
1: what is you talk about those who have been elected to office and they're not fighting for us It's crazy to watch a campaign to get behind someone who's running for office, to support them because they said the right things, and then to watch the gradual decline (laughs) uh, into that place where they are no longer representing those who elected them. What causes that, and then how do you avoid that?
3: Well, I think that voters have to be informed, right? If we look at how people just look at the candidate and what they say today— It's not enough. You have to look at the body of work. What has that person been doing for the last years? When I look at the Pennsylvania Senate race, and by the way, if your listeners, if you don't mind me saying this, if your listeners would like to take a look at our website, it's carlissands.com, carlissands.com. But if you look at the body of work, I'm the only person in this race who actually worked in 2016 to help President Trump get elected. I'm the only one in this race who worked in his administration putting forward America First policies helping to secure us against China and Russia, creating thousands of American jobs by promoting American trade. We actually increased U.S. exports over 43% while I was there. So we focused on what Americans care about, right? They want to be secure. They want to be prosperous. That's what I want to do. Uh,
1: America first is a phrase that um, is very popular right now. President Trump obviously popularized that phrase and that sentiment. And we're here at CPAC, so this is a large conservative conference. Conservatism largely, I think, has lost, I won't say its way, but there is not a definition of what it means to be a conservative any longer. So this phrase, America first, it it really resonates with me. It resonates with a lot of people. When you say America first, what what do you mean by that? What does that mean to you?
3: It's a great question. It means putting like president trump did our voters the people right the 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 great country putting their needs and interests first for instance we saw the radical joe biden when the first day he got into office what did he do killed keystone xl pipeline he started to undo all of the benefits that president trump's administration had provided to the american people they had more money in their pocket This year, the average American family is going to have a $5,000 tax, basically, on their income because of Biden's inflation, anti-energy policies. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and and it's to hear, you're not a politician, but someone who aspires to be a representative, talk about representing. Yeah, but I'm the outsider. I'm not
3: not an insider. I'm an outsider. I was someone helping others get elected and watching them take our country. Yeah. Yeah, the left.
1: What are your top priorities? And and you outlined what you you know feel strongly about pro life position, first and second amendment, yes, America first, representing folks. Um, you have uh, foreign um, policy experience, which is. <laughs> I mean, today is extremely important. That's it being is. illustrated for us in real time. Well, I'm the only Ukraine. one ready
3: on day one, right. basically.
1: And, and to have that perspective, so you have the the body of work as you mentioned. You have the experience. You have the background. But getting elected to the Senate, what are your top priorities? These things have to be done in this order for this reason,
3: right? Well, first of all, I think energy is the issue of our time.
1: That's the issue today, for sure.
3: Right. And so I'm just going to tell you something that probably you've never heard because it's not generally well known. Pennsylvania, it's second only to Texas in its reserves for natural gas. But there's enough gas under the ground in Pennsylvania to power the entire United States for 300 years. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So... Let's pause. Let's, right. you know We'll continue to innovate energy and everything. That's good. But we harvest it cleaner in the United States and in Pennsylvania than anywhere in the world. It powers our, our lives and our businesses. It heats our homes. But we also need a mix of everything, right? We need nuclear. We need the innovative energies. But the fact is, we don't need to do crazy things like use taxpayer dollars to create charging stations for electric cars. I mean, that would be like the federal government saying, we're going to build your gas stations for you and operate them for you. That's never happened in the world because free markets are how consumers decide where the dollars should go. When the government gets involved, they make it crazy weird. And so, government should be out of creating charging stations or gas stations, which they're not in. Right. Um, so we need we need the market, the free market, to determine. But we also need to reduce regulations in Washington. I'll work to reduce those regulations. That the Green New Deal policies that the Biden, it's a radical leftist agenda. The Green New Deal is going to attempt to shut down our domestic energy. Really, it's oppressing our farmers. What they're trying to do with the waters on the land with a death tax that'll take the family farm so they can't pass them down, I'll work to stop all that and the Biden inflation. I'll work to stop the crazy out-of-control spending.
1: The last question I'll ask you, we could talk about all of these issues, but the pro-life issue is very important to a lot of folks who would watch the show or listen to the show. Yes. It's very important to me. Um, Can you talk about, perhaps not your personal position on that, although that would be fine, but your understanding of the government's role in this very, very important issue. Uh, The fact that we are willing to take the lives of unborn children and um, subsidize that from the federal government. That's the starting point. Life has to be the starting point. Uh, What's your your view of the the government's role in that?
3: So what I can say is I am a pro-life. I know that life begins at conception. We know this and we're in agreement. And we see the radical Biden administration more radical than any i've ever seen in my life want to use taxpayer funds to provide taxpayer paid abortion to anyone on demand up until and including birth even north korea and china does not do this first of all but secondly i'm just going to say i believe that the righteous in america are rising up it's ecclesia the christian community And the, I will say, Judeo-Christian community has been largely absent the public sphere. In other words, our government. We need to step in and I think be the light and the salt in our country and say, no more. It stops now. And take our country back because we are the great majority. And we've let radicals take over. We need to be strong. We need to have a sword in one hand and a shield in the Same. other and put on the full armor of God every single morning. Very
1: good. Excellent. Carla, where can, uh, you mentioned the website, mention it again. Okay, and sure. Anywhere else that you'd like for people to follow you? And Thanks,
3: they can follow us Instagram. on social media, Carla Sands on Twitter, Facebook, yeah. and Instagram. But our website is carlasands.com. Very good. We'd appreciate it. We'd love you to volunteer if you're in Pennsylvania. Yes. You can contribute. We'll come and talk to your group if, awesome. if you're in Pennsylvania. And I really, I love that you have some Pennsylvania roots as well. Yeah, I've got deep
1: Pennsylvania roots as well. So, yeah, that's awesome. And we need Pennsylvania. I think, if anything, we learned that in the last election. Right. We need Pennsylvania. We
3: have to hold this seat in Republican hands and take back the Senate. That's right. Very good. Carla, thank you. Thank you. Thanks 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 very much. Thank you.
1: We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking, a lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD. You know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep. Now they will get pills for depression before they know they're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out,
0: these guys lose hope. And that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide.
1: The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, we've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live.
0: Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude. and like. I've been a different person ever since.
1: Our faith based peer to peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed a social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went. I'm yeah, glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America, and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. My guest is Michael Sharman. Michael is the Chief Legal Counsel of Share Healthcare. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for giving me your time. This is uh, this is a big issue. We were just talking about this briefly. I live in Southern California. Um, healthcare is a huge issue in California, but it's a, it's a huge issue for every family everywhere. And the idea of shared healthcare, just, just broadly, is... I won't say new, but it's relatively new, something that is probably very misunderstood and yet can be very helpful to a lot of families. So why don't we just start there? Talk about what this is and and the benefit
4: beyond the government controlling our healthcare. Well, that's a pretty huge benefit right there. Share Healthcare is just what our name suggests. We're a way for an individual or a family or a small business to have a tool to accomplish medical freedom, financial freedom, and spiritual freedom. So as you mentioned, we're we're shared healthcare. We share each other's medical expenses. We are share healthcare itself is a 501c3. It's a nonprofit and it's a nonprofit ministry. It's a healthcare sharing ministry. And they've been exempt since 2012 from the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. And then in California, they're also have an exemption under uh, the Calcare. Ironically, the uh, attorney general in California is trying to shut down all healthcare sharing ministries, even though there's a specific exemption in the law there. So that's kind of what we're stressing against. But for example, if you if you and your family choose to be members, you want me to explain how it works? Would that yeah, be helpful? Hey, and, and I'll tell you if you can explain
1: it. And I, I've had conversations about shared healthcare. Again, I, I don't know a lot about it, but questions like can I go to the doctor? Right. If I right. have an emergency, or my kids have an emergency, what do I right. do, and can I be denied the opportunity right. to, you know, all those questions, and I think they're concerns that push people to pay much more for probably yeah. less care.
4: So, as I mentioned, we're a tool to help you have medical freedom, so hitting on that part, you asked, well, can I go to this doctor? You can go to any doctor in the world under yeah. Share Healthcare, yeah. because we want to give you the freedom of choosing do you want an integrative type doctor? Do you want a functional medicine type doctor? Do you just want a traditional doctor? Uh, are the doctors who are doing some cutting edge things in Israel or Germany, are they better suited for your illness right. than the ones in you know Tallahassee? So you have that choice. Now, if you go out of the country, we want to hear about it first because <laughs> sure. we might pay for your airfare and hotel because it's cheaper to get it there. Uh, so then financial freedom. It's, it's pretty affordable. Starts you know 149 for a single, 249 for a couple, $349 to, for a family of four, and, and on up. Right. But that on up part is just, how do you feel like budgeting? We have no upper limit, there's no lifetime limit, there's no annual limit, there's no per event limit. The budgeting part is, if your family is a, you know, we don't do so great at saving, then you're probably gonna want the, the uh, higher monthly amount that has a lower per event. So it's $300 per event. If you're great at budgeting, you all save, and it's $1,000 per event then, but everything else above it is shared. How do we share? Financial freedom. So there's a bank that every member who is a member of Share Healthcare gets their own bank account in, and it's the Lime Bank in Bolivar, Missouri, has a number of branches, and it's it's online. So your money each month goes into that account, and we have a proprietary algorithm that's been approved by the FDIC and the Federal Reserve only bank in the nation that's allowed to do this. And so your money goes in there. When somebody has a medical need, our algorithm moves how much is needed from one per- all those accounts into the one that is. Then the healthcare provider sends the bill to us. We call them up and say, hey, if we can send you the money in 24 hours, 48 hours, how much will you take a discount on this $100,000 bill? And we're getting discounts of 61 to 69%. So that means that $100,000 $100, bill gets to be 31,000. It is absolutely incredible. Wow. So that's how come it's affordable. That and the fact we don't have bureaucracy. The healthcare itself is not regulated, as I mentioned. We're, we're exempt from a, a Affordable Care Act, we're, we're exempt. And yet the money, which if somebody else is holding your money, you kind of want accountability. Sure. So yeah. you can't get yeah. any more accountable than a bank. Right. The healthcare providers are actually referring people to us because they like the fact that we don't we don't hassle them. You know, you chose to do this type of medicine. We didn't um, order you. Well, you can only do this type, not that type. Uh, you know, vaccines, of course, are a, a huge issue. That's up to you. You know, d- do you want to? have the vaccine not that's have the, the medical vaccine. freedom part of yeah absolutely as well as spiritual freedom, spiritual freedom. <laughs> because many people do have a, a religious objection to right yeah so in any way that we look at it i mean aren't we all screaming for freedom right now yeah. aren't we being inspired by what's going on in Ukraine? Right. yeah I, I just heard a uh, a woman yesterday uh on the radio in ukraine and she said, I'm a single mom, divorced mom. I'm here at the playground with my children wondering if a bomb's going to hit. But I want to tell you, she said, in Ukraine, we have this phrase, freedom or death. And I'm willing to fight for freedom. Yeah. If, if they're willing to do that, looking yeah. at that huge monster of Russia that's coming at them, can't we exert a little bit of a little bit of freedom muscle yeah, and say, good. I'm going to step outside my comfort zone in healthcare. That's good. And express freedom in the way I still have an opportunity. You know, you and I... We might express our voice about what's occurring in Europe or in Washington, but how much can one individual really affect it? But collectively, we can. And when we show that by our cooperative efforts, we're we're exerting our medical freedom, our financial freedom, our spiritual freedom, which means exerting our constitutional freedom, it does change things. Yes.
1: One question that um, I have been asked about this, is what if I have an expense and it's not covered for some reason? Or my claim, I don't know what the phrase would be, is denied.
4: Right. Right. Would, what, it be what, would it be qualified? Would it be qualified? There you go. Yeah. What
1: does that look like?
4: Well, because we are, uh, the exemption is a religious exemption. And both the Affordable Care Act, Calcare, and the 32 states that have a specific law on it say we can only accept people who are members of, of our faith and we have to share in accordance with it. So that means we share medical bills in accordance with our biblical beliefs. So that means if something is contrary to a person's biblical beliefs, we're not sharing. Of that. course, we don't share yeah, right. of patients or things right. like that. Right. Right. Um, so those are the ones that would not qualify. Pretty much everything else qualifies. Right. Uh, we do have a handbook that tells you a few other things that don't, but it's, it really isn't much. Now, pre-existing. If somebody has a chronic pre-existing problem. We have a number of those people who do choose to share with us, but and they do it for their philosophical, religious beliefs. Sure. Right. But they actually might be better served to also have, which many of them do, go on the healthcare exchange, do something like that, a blue cross anthem, have have insurance. Yeah. Because we're not a government that can print money. Right. And we're not an right. insurance company that's allowed to invest reserves. We don't have reserves. They all stay in your bank account. Right. right. So we don't, we can't do uh, chronic pre-existing. And so they might be better served. So that would be one that we just can't share in. And so when they know that when they join, and so it's, you know, transparency, telling the truth It's not a surprise to anyone. It's not a surprise and, you know, we just wanna be honest and let other people be honest and not try to trick the system, you know, because isn't that what we tend to do with our healthcare insurance? <laughs> and the right. doctors do it. Well, if you say it's this instead of that, then we'll be able to get it paid for right, it. Right. Well, this is sharing, and yeah. it's a community of people sharing.
1: What is the reason, and you mentioned this before we started, that states like California, I would imagine there are some other places, um, I don't love the word canceling, but they're definitely trying to cancel programs like this. What? What's the? Re- I have a hunch,
4: but <laughs> but what's the reason for that? Well, because we're free, right? We have freedom, and you know it's a uh, Second Corinthians three seventeen, I think. For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Yeah. Well, the opposite is true too. Where the Spirit of the Lord is not, there is not liberty. Yeah, right. So I don't want to impugn to regulators certain, and I don't want to impugn to them; they don't have faith. Of course, of course, but they act like it. You know, I I work with them very often, and it's like, well, you know, tell us what we can do. Be a healthcare sharing ministry, and, and not offend your laws. Register as an insurance company, but we're not an insurance company. We're, you know, it it is an issue of they don't want an entity to be free, and right. it's, you know, I, I hate to say that. Well, we've
1: seen that illustrated so well over the last two years of COVID or whatever we've just lived through that the government wants to control every aspect of our lives. Right. And this is just a big part of that. Right. Right. Where can people learn more about uh, Share Healthcare, um, figure out what they need to know, and how to get in touch with you guys? Well, they
4: can call 844-SHARE-HC. Okay. The easiest way, though, is just remember our name, Share Healthcare, and then go to ShareHealthcare.com. Excellent. So 844-SHARE-HC or ShareHealthcare.com. Appreciate it. Michael, thanks so much. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you. Yes, sir. Wish you well. Thank you.
1: Right now there's a situation brewing in the men's basic department. Men are being held hostage by overpriced brands that simply aren't mission tested. That's why we're excited to tell you about Undertak, the only brand that's literally been battle tested by special forces. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made because they cover all the bases. High-quality material that's antibacterial, anti-pilling, and moisture wicking so you stay fresh and dry all day. Uh, I recently did a 30-mile run in preparation for an ultra marathon in a couple weeks wearing the Recon boxers, and they were absolutely incredible. I loved them. They have a quick-release fly and a secret pocket in the extra-wide waistband for cash or tactical necessities. Undertack is durable, ultralight, fade-resistant, and shrink-resistant. And here's the best part. They're almost 30% less than the competition. Go to getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com right now. Save 20% off your order with the offer code SITREP20. All one word, SITREP20, satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. That is a great American company that's unapologetically pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. That's getundertack.com. Getundertack.com, offer code SITREP20. My guest is Philip Klein, and I have so many questions I want to ask you. We just had a good conversation, but we're going to kind of encapsulate some of that now. You do so many things. Professor at Liberty University, uh, attorney, Former Attorney General in Kansas, um, and uh, a lot went into that even during the last election. But uh, Director of the Amistad Project, very interested in concerned about election integrity. Um, I don't know exactly where to start, so let's start with a little bit of your history. Give us your background a little bit. How you got into the political side of law?
5: Well, actually, that was my upbringing. I was raised by a single mother, and she had five of us, so she to provide for us started a small business. And what I came to learn in that experience is that government was not in the business of of partnering for success.
2: It was actually
5: regulating marketplace for the heavy players. So government regulation was used to freeze out people who didn't have access to capital. So the large businesses could consume more of the market. So government was being used as a weapon. And I got engaged actually in representing my mom in a claim as a ninth grader. She pulled me off the baseball field, <laughs> no said, I can't, I can't afford an attorney. No kidding. You go to the law library, figure this out. And I went to the law library and a couple of the lawyers there then took me under their wing and I represented her in a hearing. And In ninth grade? In ninth grade. Okay. And at the hearing, though, the hearing officers were, were interested in the why of the law. What was the purpose? Not just the literal language of the law, which when people do that, they use it as a tool, as a whipping post, yeah, right, right. and they, they understood wow. that my mom didn't violate the why of the law, and so they said, no, 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 and they got rid of this effort to jerk her license, Yeah. and as a result, I fell in love with what the law is supposed to be. It's supposed to be, as articulated in our founding, you know, we were gifted some divine truths to a flawed people. All of us right. have our flaws, right. and we didn't live to that truth throughout our history, but it is that every person is created with an intrinsic value and government must respect that intrinsic value through respecting our freedoms and our liberties. That's That's the purpose of law. But unfortunately today it's been turned as a tool to harm your enemy, to, to try to protect marketplaces rather than allow entrepreneurism and free market principles and freedom to reign. Government is playing favorites and they did so in the last election. Government got involved in managing the election in certain places the benefit of Canada.
1: What you just said, I come back to this again and again and again in my heart and mind, because I don't think people that say they want liberty understand that it's not given to us by the government. That's right. But it is given to us by God. It's an intrinsic value. It's in the Declaration of Independence. Absolutely. But I don't think people really get that. And so we allow the government to push us so
5: far because we think... Well, those rights really are given to and managed by the government. That's just not the case. No, not at all. And, and if you believe the government's going to solve all your problems, then you're going to live in a totalitarian government. Right. And, and that's unfortunately what we see. You know, even on our college campuses, we were talking about our daughters. Yep. Now, my daughter has graduated yep. from college. Yours is attending college. And many of our college campuses, they're teaching our children that they have the right, right. to be free from offense. Sure. So, so sure. therefore, government can define what's offensive. Yep. When, when government does that, it's going to define you as offensive eventually. Right. So you can't cede that jurisdiction to government. Freedom is one of the most uncomfortable places in which to find yourself. So, but it's it, it requires accountability, self responsibility, and it allows for dreams to be pursued and achieved. Yes, that's the greatness of this nation, and we're trading away for a false hope that government somehow is going to solve every problem of the human condition. It's not right, and and look around the world. Right, it's the cause of it's many the of cause, the problems.
1: Right, even
5: in places like Canada, where
1: we never thought that was going to happen. Yes, yeah, that's it's unbelievable. Right. Um, you're very involved in. Uh, the election, election process, protecting elections, election reform, and such, the Amistad Project, that's what you guys do. How did you get involved in that to the extent that you are? I mean, this you're, you're front and center on this.
5: Well, back in 2018, one of my core issues is pro-life. But I, I started to watch how elections were being played out, particularly as an impact candidates that I would support right. because of the life issue. And what I learned at that time was, that we had essentially kicked America out of the counting room. You know, elections are pretty simple. People vote for a candidate and you count the votes. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's yeah, that's pretty it's not simple. Not hard. But but after Bush v Gore in 2000, we had this mammoth push and much of it was private industry which is making hundreds of millions of dollars in elections towards these machines. And as I started looking at uh Secretaries of State. Yep. And 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 by the way, you don't meet people who say, When I grow up, I want to be Secretary of State of California. No, they're, they're, no, they're all, they got their eye on the next right. prize, right? right? Most of those people don't understand <laughs> right. how elections are run. They don't get involved. And they in don't the really details. care. They don't. They're, yeah. they're, How can I be in the media hit? Yeah. And how can I look good? And so we have a private sector that's running our elections now. There, there are eight vendors that really run the show on that side. So I started looking into the machines. Not to say that they were hacked by China. That's not it. Um, but we kicked America out. We can't understand the count anymore. Only about 20 experts in the nation can. And they all disagree. Yep. But once I got in, here's what I saw that is really concerning. It's not the hack from without. It's the hack from within. We have over 700 nonprofits that claim to be involved in some fashion in elections. And they are flowing money into government offices in in particular targeted areas to turn those offices, government offices, into campaign turnout centers for one candidate or the other. Government can't put its thumb on the scale in the election. It should have Republicans and Democrats in the counting room. It should be open, transparent, and accountable, and ours are not. There, there, there were over, and just Zuckerberg, 469 million. That he gave that went into government election offices. He is about one third of the given. Now that one third, which is about 1.2 billion overall, is only one third of the nonprofit involvement. They also do other things which alter the way we run our elections. Let me give you I'll pull out my cell phone. This cell phone, Google, is reporting where I am. If I search, say I search a new tie. They will monetize that data, and in five right. minutes, I'll yep. start getting ads. Yep. <laughs> that's sophistication. That's advertising. Campaigns can do that, right? Yep. They can buy your, geo, your information and then predict your behavior. Right. Try to turn you out because you watch uh, uh, CNN rather than Fox, yep. whatever. Yep. And they're good at it. They're good at it. Yep. But now they're taking that into government offices. And I can give you examples in all the swing states in the urban core where Mark Zuckerberg money flowed. They are providing that sophisticated targeting. They're saying, we'll provide the the money. You hire a government employee to go get this person to vote. That's government turning out the vote for a candidate. It is undermining our elections, and they're set to do it again, and we're not ready for it. What is an
1: example of some of the nonprofits? You say nonprofit. I come from a nonprofit background. I run a veterans nonprofit. Um, I think very different. When I hear the phrase nonprofit. Right.
5: Give us some examples or give me a couple examples of there's a group called US Digital Response, and they crunch all of the data and do a lot of this with the cooperation of organized labor. And then they team together with another group called the, the Center for Tech and Civic Life as well as the National Vote Home Institute. They walk into a government office and I go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, last election. The elections clerk in charge of running the election, they booted out. And they had an individual named Michael Spitzer Rubenstein with the National at Home Institute. has yep. got leftist ties. Actually have the keys to the counting room and set up all the counting and all the policy. This other group steps in, and they have what they call the voter navigators Right. go out and get certain people to vote. And they treated voters, and they treated ballots in a different fashion in that Wisconsin. really interesting. Yeah. And, and you can't do that. You know, one of the core principles of right. freedom is we're equal before the law. Your ballot is equal to my ballot. Yes. And our rights are equal before the law. We didn't do that this past election. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. You can you can kind of put your, your, your arms around. In Pennsylvania, the governor there left us, started shutting all the in-person polling places down right. because of COVID. Right. Meanwhile, The Center for Tech and Civic Life in Philadelphia, where a Democrat will win 85-15 every time, gave money and said, you're going to increase your polling places from 190 in the last election to 800. or we're going to take our money back. And here's all the money to do it. Plus, you're going to fix every ballot that comes in with the flaw. The law didn't allow that, but they claimed COVID. Right. And they paid them to do that. They paid the officials to do that. They put up what we call Zucker boxes, the drop boxes. Right. (laughs) <laughs> one every four square miles. Yeah. That's around the block. And they hired ballot harvesters. You go to the 59 counties that Trump won in 2016 in Pennsylvania, one drop box every 1,159 square miles. Unbelievable. And in-person polling places were shut down. Yep. This is the same strategy of the Democrat Party of the Deep South at the turn of the 20th century. They targeted the white neighborhood to yep. get the vote out. yep and they suppress the black vote. Here they go to democrat strongholds to get them out and they suppress republican areas. It's it's the same strategy a different demographic and it's the same evil using technology,
1: different technology. What what do we do about it? I mean, that's the question. You
5: said we're not prepared. We've talked about this on our show. What do we do? Well, American Voters Alliance has got some policies that we're putting out there that we're hoping to get support for yes um but but it takes people like you and others to to raise the alarm because what tends to happen as we were talking offline yeah. nobody runs to be secretary right. of State they don't dream all their life right. that's the job right. I that's want not what to do yeah they want to do something else so they're not paying attention they're rushing to fix problems they don't understand right. I'll give you an example right. right Georgia passed a law to ban private money unless it's appropriated by the city or county for an election well guess what Zuckerberg did he gave the money to the city and county in Georgia to appropriate. So in other words, when they claimed they were banning it, they actually codified it and allowed it because they rushed ahead without understanding. Right. There's, there's about 10 steps we need to take, and it includes a ban on private money, a disclosure requirement for consultation on elections where they're subject to FOIA, they're subject to open records and all of that. These groups are running our election. We have a right to see what they're doing. Right. It's, it's a combination of laws working together, restricting mail-in ballots, going back to absentee and, and, and things along those lines, watching out for using paper, voter-marked right. paper, right. Um, some common-sense reforms that we can handle. Yeah, there's
1: so much there. Raising awareness, where can people go to find those steps to understand this issue better and to begin taking action? Where are some places they can... Uh, your website, other places,
5: AmericanVotersAlliance.org. dot Ours is the Amistad Project, um, but that's kind of low profile. I don't okay. really. It's American <laughs> Voters Alliance yeah. is out there training groups, educating people, and so forth. And as I mentioned, my daughter's out there in San Diego, yeah. and, you, you and we're going to have her on. on. We're going to have
1: her on the show and talk about it again. Great. Right. So, yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank really you. Really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you for watching and listening. Appreciate you joining us today. And uh, before I sign off, I want to remind you, if you are listening to the podcast version of this, thank you for doing it. Make sure you are subscribed. Whatever platform it is you like to listen from, uh, make sure you're subscribed so that this content gets directly to you as it is posted every week. We have some incredible guests, great conversations. You don't want to miss anything. The best way to keep yourself from missing what we put out is by being subscribed. So go ahead and check that out. Also, go over and uh, look at some wonderful podcasts, this one included, on the Salem Network, salempodcastnetwork.com, salempodcastnetwork.com. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time.